anyone that's got a bit of a different name in the UK will know like registers it's always like when there's silence you know it's you <laughs> and then um she got to my name she was like oh, uh, and then I was like oh it's a Rodman she was like oh what a beautiful name I said oh thank you and then she was like Aurora the rising of the dawn and I was like no <laughs> I was like, no, my name's, I was like, no, it's not. And she was like, yes, it is. I was like, no, it's not. She was like, yes, it is. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Listen In podcast. My name's Aravana. My name is Anya. And my name's Boomi. Let's get into it. So today we are going to be talking about identity, which is a massive topic, um, but we are just going to address it from our point of view, our experiences, and we hope that you'll be able to share yours as well. What does identity mean to you? For me, when I think about identities, my roots. Mm. It's literally what nourishes every part of me is what keeps me grounded mm. whatever storms come my way so for me that's what my identity does for me keeps I me love grounded. that mm. that's really lovely what about you Rabna what does identity mean to you for me just to be very stereoty- stereotypical run of the mill like it's who I am <laughs> mm. I, my identity is me um, I like the way that you put it for me because I think that it is it is a lot to do with roots mm. it does go very deep <laughs> um, and there's a lot to it um, so yeah I like that yeah and I would say something similar actually um, to both of you <laughs> um, I, I think yeah it very much to me identity is very much around who I am um, kind of what makes me be me mm. um, thinking about family background and cultural influences, all of that mm. Mm. Um, for me is, makes me who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that it's something that's really um, important and key in life. Mm. And I think that a lot of times um, it's really underestimated the importance of identity and and um, who you are I think that it's talked about um, you know from from my personal point of view I feel like I've heard it talked about in terms of you know people growing up and and learning who they are in society Mm. and things like that but they don't necessarily talk about your cultural identity and all of Mm. that sort of thing Um, if you're not if you're if you're in a place where you're um, not part of the dominant culture Mm. Um, I think that they don't always talk about your identity and then when they do there's a lot of like negatives Mm. it's not necessarily positive it's talking about all the difficulties and all of this which there are I'm not going to pretend but um, yeah I feel like sometimes it's just very um, negative or one-sided or yeah or even misinformation isn't it Mm -hmm. Um, even even within ourselves like not just Mm. within a dominant culture even amongst our culture there is a bit of misinformation and I don't know if it has to do with and I know you're very interested in this type of thing Ravna, but like mm. preserving of our history mm-hmm. how we have preserved history I think there is a lot of misinformation oh. yeah mm-hmm. and I do agree with what you said in terms of um people put down your identity to more as what you grow up to discover mm-hmm. whereas there are core things about your identity anyway um mm-hmm. that is like it's just a part of you if that mm-hmm. makes sense. What about you, Anya? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think um, definitely even being in school and, you know, learning, well, we didn't learn really about black history, no. to be honest. We didn't actually learn about it. So there was a lot that I didn't really know. And then I only grew to kind of find out a bit later, but the, even then it was most of the negative things. So mm. around, you know, slavery and, mm. you know, I don't know. That I just think just generally in education, a lot of the time when reference was made towards um, black people, it was quite negative. So mm-hmm. either they are the ones who are most likely to be in prison, mm-hmm. or <laughs> most likely to be underachieving. You know, all of these things um, 
were the, were the were the kind of statistics that I did hear in education. Yeah. Mm. And I think you're right, but me, a lot of information is misinformation. And I think nowadays, what I think is really positive is that people are coming out and trying to shed more light on the on the good things about yeah. our history. I didn't go to secondary school here, but from working within a school environment, just things I've picked up, mm. um, or primary, um, I think what I hear a lot of sounds like similar things that we talk about in Africa, in terms of, mm. so if the children in Africa are not hearing their history as it is, mm. um, and the ones here not hearing it as it is, is like, where do they get to hear it? Mm. And I think sometimes it's the reason why this is a bit like slightly off tangent, but why sometimes people many years later after being through formal education you'd watch a movie like 12 years a slave and you're angry about the history because you didn't think it was like that you didn't think it was that intense or you mm. didn't realize if that makes sense i feel like if our history was told the way it should have been probably hopefully a lot of healing will take place mm. and sit for what it is rather than being angry about it if that makes sense because the healing would have will be yeah hopefully at least getting some sort of moving on. But sorry, just to chip in, I remember you sent a video to me, Rabna was Fuse in Ghana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, oh, like, I love I've that never video. I've heard it like that before because you don't think about it that way. It's because of the way history is told, the history of black people started with slavery. And mm -hmm. that's all we constantly think about. But there was yeah. a life before that. So when Fuse mm -hmm. said it, he said, you have to remember they took people from mm -hmm. Africa, not slaves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I love that um video and I think um you know um it's such a big thing this whole mm -hmm. thing but um I think that we're kind of talking about collective identity at the moment aren't we yeah. and um I think that for me from my point of view I feel like um the way I understand it is that there was there was an interruption in our in our collective identity due to mm -hmm. colonialism. And mm -hmm. I think that um, part of the, the way that um, colonialism or um, anything like that, where one, one group is, is subjugating another group or trying to take over, what they do systematically is that they start to break down your culture, your language, your, your histories, like all of yeah. these things. When you look into it, people weren't allowed to, um, speak their language they had to change their names they yes. you know and there's other things about um the, the things aren't valued things that were there already weren't valued or they're mm. made to seem like they're they're rubbish and that still that still goes on today there's so many things that go on mm. like for example it's it's a really small example but a lot of times like in ghana when they're describing things that are like indigenously ghanaian and i know that to be honest there's a lot of like uh, controversial problematic things about the way that we describe these things because Ghana is is a country but mm -hmm. it's a country that was made post-colonialism post-independence um mm. so there are lots of tribal groups there and in a lot of West Africa there are lots of tribal groups and, and it worked in a completely different way it didn't work in the way that it does in the West so that's why you will get people who are Hausa in Ghana but you'll also get people who are Hausa in Nigeria because mm. you do, don't you? There's Hausa people in Nigeria, isn't it? Yes. And yes. Fulanese and all of that. Yeah, yes. that's their, their tribal groups because they were a group. It didn't, it wasn't these like boundaries, but anyways, that's just an aside. Um, but sometimes in, in, in Ghana and other places, when they're talking about more native things, they'll mm. refer to them as local. So mm. I, I hate that <laughs> because I feel like when they say that, for me, the way it comes across is that it's local, so it's not as classy, it's not as sophisticated, mm. it's not as this. So I'll say, oh, this is our local this, our local that. But it's like, no, the local is important as well. The local has value. I remember mm. doing a talk um, a while ago at a um, group that I run, um, and I was trying to help people to be aware and be proud of things that are already in their society that is good and helpful so mm. the example that mm. i gave is um when i was little and i lived in ghana with um, my grandma at the time uh, mainly um there was a way of there was a way that we used to use to um 
make your teeth whiter. So not to brush your teeth. I don't want people to misunderstand. You'll brush your teeth like normal. But if you wanted whiter teeth, what you'd do is you'd get charcoal. Mm. And um, did you guys do that in Nigeria? Yes. I've yeah, heard of charcoal. it. I didn't, I've heard of it. Yeah. And um, wow. uh, the sort of, um, I don't know what it's called in English. I'm really sorry, but there's like a, like a you know, like plantain. Um, it's a type of plantain. I think it's like the, the end of it or something. And you use it to brush your teeth, you wash it out and your teeth would be sparkling. Mm. And um, fast forward 20 something years, what do they have in the shops nowadays? Toothbrush, toothpaste with activated charcoal. It's like, we've been doing this for how long? And that's mm. the sort of thing mm. where people say, oh, it's a local thing. Like it's not important. But it, another example, shea butter. Or as they say in America, mm. shea butter. Yeah. Shea butter is indigenous to Ghana. We've been using it for so long. And it's just really ironic that it's in all these creams and all of this. But sometimes people look down on the sort of, you know, pure shea butter exactly. because it's not packaged in this funny way. But yeah. then put it in something and say that it's, it's from the US or England and suddenly it's like, wow, all over it. amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yep. you know, the, the sort of, there's so many influences of colonialism that took things away and tainted things and made things that are really, I'm not saying that everything about our cultures and histories or whatever is brilliant because it's not. There's things that we, as humans, we can learn from each other and change. But there's certain things that are really important, really powerful and really useful that's just disregarded. And I think it links to identity because I feel like it's the same thing of this certain things where you're not taught that it is a, a good thing or a positive thing or that it is even part of your identity that's the other thing as well mm. you know sometimes people will make you feel like you know like something like the activated charcoal like I'm sure that there's lots of people that don't know that people were doing this in Ghana you know donkey years ago and other I was speaking to one of my friends um, whose family's from Bangladesh originally and she told me that they use that as well mm-hmm. um, I believe so there's there's lots of things that have been are part of people's culture and heritage and and all of that that is is not known because we didn't keep it in the same way but at the same time you know openly keep those records and be proud of um, their mm-hmm. heritage and and enjoy it and revel in it like everybody else so um, yeah I know sorry I've gone off on a tangent but um no I think yeah I think that was really good and I think you touched on so many good points there and I think it's good to Mm. I think what I really liked about what you were saying was um kind of how our culture is viewed even back in our home countries Mm. how how you know it's almost like there's a bit of a dissociation um Mm -hmm. That, that is there that people feel like they want to dissociate from certain aspects of the culture so even what you said around you know the local um it's a local thing mm. <laughs> kind of it, it sounds to me like it's more have you guys experienced anything like that or do you what, what are your thoughts on that in terms of dissociating from um your culture oh. <laughs> it's huge i it's can huge. feel that sigh coming through around <laughs> I could talk about this for days, months, years, literally. I can I can Mm. talk about it. Obviously, you can only speak about your own experiences. Mm. Um, I feel like I was more aware of these things Mm. than other people quicker, just because Mm. I was in two different settings Mm. and that were completely different, but also the same in many ways. Mm. Um, I feel like it it made me realise things quicker just because of people's responses and how people, you know, acted and and the the life that I was living in in both places as well. So, yeah, it's it's a big thing. Mm. For many years, I didn't want to tell people that I was born and raised in Nigeria Mm. because even for, I mean, my friends, my intimate friends will know, but just like Mm. talking to other people in general I'd avoid it and it's just interesting that we have to hide those beautiful parts of ourselves just to fit in within a culture but also like even amongst ourselves it avoids a conversation of people calling you a freshie Mm. but you're all part of the same community regardless of whether they were born here or they migrated whatever it is 
So I, that was a part of my well, history, really, that mm. I just didn't want to tell people. There are times when I was a bit younger that I wasn't always proud to tell people I was Nigerian just because mm. of the bad rap that Nigeria gets in the media. I remember like one of the times I really got angry was after watching the BBC um, it was a documentary. Welcome it? to Lagos. It was like, welcome to Lagos. <laughs> oh, that irked me up so bad. I didn't <laughs> see that. Oh, honestly, it was ridiculous. I don't, I, I, sorry if I said BBC, I don't know if it was BBC or if it was Channel 4, one of the big fours, I think they called them, or big threes, can't think. Um, but yeah, that really annoyed me because, I mean, if, you've, if you know anything about Lagos, it's a beautiful, crazy, but beautiful place. Yeah, a lot about Lagos, but all they showed was the ghettos. Mm. I mean, come on. I was so (laughs) literally too angry. And I think I made a point of duty to correct the notion that some of my colleagues had at the time and where I was working because they watched that and and they'll just go, oh, baby, is it really like that? Oh, my goodness, it's really bad. And I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. I mean, there is two sides to every coin. Even in the UK, Mm. I can like, I was at Waterloo the other day. Oh my goodness, it's disgusting. Just behind mm. the train station, like literally nothing you've smelt in your life. Um, mm. And that's the UK. That's a developed country. So mm. this kind of thing just irks me up when people watch a small part of people's history and make a whole conclusion about who they are and what they are. And- I think that's the issue with the media because, you know, why just portray one aspect? Why not actually do proper research and really try and and gather a full picture of the culture you Mm. know I think I think that to me sounds like there's a bit of an agenda trying to be pushed Mm. yeah exactly I couldn't agree more it's really funny because I remember um when I was younger and I used to like like I'd I'd live in Ghana for a bit and then I'd come back and stuff like that but I remember um (laughs) When I, um, one of the times when I came back, I think I was quite young. I was in school, but maybe like I was six or seven or something. And um, I'd come back from Ghana and I just remember being like, maybe it was like one of my first or second days in school. And I just remember being in the playground and these kids following me and saying, do you have cars in Africa? Do you have houses in Africa? And I was thinking, even at that age, I was thinking, no we live in the trees with the monkeys like what do you think like why i was just thinking why do these kids not understand that there's another world and it's very much like yours it's just it's just slightly different you know because i'd come i'd come from ghana but i had i lived in a nice house i lived in a big house like it wasn't what they but obviously they had just had these images of africa and that's the other thing like just calling everything africa when there's more than 50 countries you know and then within those countries there's different tribes and i don't expect people to know everything like my geography is not great i can't name all the capitals of the world and stuff like that but it's just assuming that you know everything is bad and everything is worse than you and don't get me wrong there's a lot of things that in in a lot of african countries and in the world that are very Mm -hmm. difficult um, but I think for us, in terms of how people, how the West sees us, it's overwhelmingly negative and yeah. it doesn't talk about the, the positives as well. So that does impact on your sense of identity, mm. especially even more, I think, when you live in the West. But actually, even if you live in, um, you know, in a country in Africa or Asia or whatever, it impacts you there as well because of the ongoing history of colonialism. And... Mm the the stuff that's you know shown at the moment on tv and things like that it makes you i think it makes a lot of people feel like west is best yeah at the end of the day and And then you don't develop yourself yeah exactly and i think um this really does tie in as well i know we mentioned earlier but just around um how i guess i don't know if this has come from the older generations for us um but i think being in this country, um, I do think there was some influence from um, maybe the older generation of our cultures, so like Caribbean culture, African Afri- African cultures, <laughs> um, as well as other um, cultures, where because of the difficulty that they faced, 
around racism and discrimination that they found a way of kind of coping through maybe hide, not hiding, but just not necessarily bringing some aspects of the, that culture to the table in the work environment, yeah. um, which I then think impacts us as millennials yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of, because let me give an example. So say for example, um, like we mentioned in a, a previous episode around wearing certain prints to work, like um, traditional dress to work. Um, that is something that would not have been acceptable maybe back in our, you know, our parents and older generation days. Um, yeah. And so we might have been advised by parents, you don't wear that, wear this or dress this way, dress professionally, you know, yeah. and because they've, they've kind of had to adapt. Mm, um, and I wonder if that is now impacting on us as well in terms of we are very much aware that we can't do certain things in the workplace or, or you know, people might treat us in a different way because of our culture or d- does that make sense? Makes mm. a whole lot of sense, Anya. I couldn't agree more. Like even the conversation around hair as well, isn't it? That yeah. I, feel, I don't know. I don't know about probably like both of your parents, but like my mum still doesn't see the sense in natural hair because it's like it's stressful it makes you stand out it's so much more easier to just blend Mm. in than to try to be different isn't it and I Mm. think that's what it is that like you rightly said that a lot of our parents they it just was it was so much more easier to just blend into the status quo than question it yeah like why Mm. why create a fuss when you know you're not going to win and I think was all of that resignation yeah I also think I also think tying into what Arabna said as well it is also influenced by our personal experiences Mm -hmm. and the way and things were the way we were um the things we went through during school and education um like after school so I think um, a lot of these things have been influenced by our personal experiences as well um and you know I grew up here and I was in school I went to quite a mixed school but um as a person from who is black we were the minority in the school still (laughs) Mm. um and I think even amongst ourselves, there were some issues around identity. You know, there's that whole Caribbean versus African thing where people from um, Africa were being kind of ostracized, I guess, Mm. because they were African. There were some, like, you know, looking back, there were some like real racist jokes, um, which which weren't jokes, (laughs) but Mm. real racist kind of comments around um, people who are African and Mm -hmm. just ignorance, not not actually knowing that there is more to the culture than um, what is portrayed in the media and I think that influences on on things as well because it's that whole feeling of not wanting to be um, like it's like fighting so much to come come away from that culture exactly absolutely Mm. I think when you were talking earlier Anya I can't remember what you said but it made me think about the fact that if all of our history is being presented a certain way then you don't want to identify with that. Mm, but no. the truth is that is a core part of your identity. Where you come from, whether you like it or not, is yeah. a core part of your identity. There is yeah. something about that that is still a part of you. And that's why it's important to know your history. But if you're trying so hard to step away from that, then you're, you're hiding a huge part of who you are or part of your makeup, if yeah. that makes sense. It's, it is a shame because it is a beautiful part of yourself why should we have to feel like we have to hide it Mm -hmm. it shouldn't it shouldn't it's quite sad that we still even in this day and age there's still children going through school that because they hear all of the negative things that come out of africa the continent africa we must emphasize because people even we use africa as like i'm from africa no you're not state your country (laughs) state your country (laughs) just state your country Um, and there are young children these days who's still like no i'm 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 not I'm not, maybe my parents are, maybe my grandparents are, are but I'm not, I'm, I'm British. That's a really and that's interesting one for me as well. When I was, um, when I started my first job in speech therapy, I was working in an area which was outside of London. Um, mm. I've mentioned before, I was very much the minority there. And um, one, of, one day I went into a school and it was a lovely school, really nice, quiet village school. Um, and I remember just walking into the school, um, 
just not thinking anything. And this woman stopped me as I was walking in and she said to me, oh, um, are you a, are you a parent? <laughs> and I was thinking, firstly, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and why are you asking me? She didn't work for the school. So I was really confused as to why she'd stopped oh. me. She's like an older mm. woman um, who was Caucasian. But I didn't, I didn't understand why she'd stopped me. So I, I, but I responded. I just said, oh, no, I'm, a spe- I'm the speech and language therapist. And she said, oh, Yep. Oh, speech and language therapist. I said, yes, I am. I'm the speech and language therapist. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, so um, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from London. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, oh yeah, London, of course, of <laughs> course. Where are you from? <laughs> and I was like, the second time. What do you mean? I'm, I'm, I was born, I was, I'm from London. I was born here. And she was just like, no, but where were you from? And I was like, well, my family roots are Caribbean. But yeah, I was born here. But yeah, my parents are Caribbean, from Jamaica, etc. And then she, she was just like, oh, okay. And that, then that was the end of the conversation. But I kind of just felt like, why did you have to stop me in my mm. tracks just to ask me where yeah. I'm from? Mm. And it's the whole thing about where are you really from? Like, mm. I feel like I've come from dual nationality in terms of, I was yeah. very much born here. So I've adopted a lot of the culture from England. Um, however, I, my parents are Caribbean. So I have Caribbean roots as well. And mm. a lot of like food and, you know, there's lots of cultural things that mm. we, that we, um, we have as part of what I've had as part of my upbringing in this country. So, mm. and still is part of my culture. So, I think it's hard and I was I remember um watching something ages ago it was um on channel five um and it was a guy talking about how he's from the from England he's born here but when he goes back to his home country he's seen as a foreigner mm-hmm. so they, they don't see him as being from that country they see him yeah. as being from England mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. in England he's been mm-hmm. he's also treated like a foreigner here mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of how that is how I feel as well because yeah. I was born here mm-hmm. and I think that is that is quite challenging for me Mm. I think that that whole um where are you from question is there's so many angles because there's one angle where they're just being racist yeah (laughs) so that lady was literally just saying that you know you don't belong here and because the fact that she stopped you in your tracks when she had no right to like you know um and why did she do that? Was she stopping everybody else? Her her intent behind that question of where are you from is you're obviously not from here. You're obviously exactly. not one of us. Um, that's a problem. Um, mm. But I think there's the other side of um, also knowing your your roots as well. So where yeah. your roots come from originally, which mm. is hard to say because, you know, in this world who actually re- someone said this to me once and it's so true like the way the world has been people have always moved it's yeah. not a new thing like they go on about migration like it's new people have always moved in this world I don't know if there's a place that you can 100% say that the people that are 100% indigenous that's just my opinion unless exactly. you go to some some unknown um, island or something but um that whole thing about um being in the middle that's like me (laughs) that's basically me um I think they call us like third culture kids or something like that I can't remember the like proper sociological term but it is really Mm. difficult when you are when you grow up in a culture that is not your um native culture um that doesn't necessarily accept you um as a whole um Mm. so then you you will i mean the acceptance thing i'm going to put at the, um, you know on the side for a minute let's just say you grew up in a country that's not where you're from originally where your family's from originally um so the language might be different for me it's not necessarily different english is one of the official languages of ghana but of course we have our other our other official languages as well um but then when you go back to the home country you are also seen as a foreigner because you you didn't grow up there so you're just in Mm. this limbo of being between things and I think for me when I was um younger I've always 
called myself Ghanaian always like mm. when people ask me even when I was younger like, I used to say I'm from Ghana mm. I'm from Ghana even though I was yeah. born born and bred here mm. I just had a very strong association with Ghana I, I think because I I lived there from um you know I lived there when I was young I understood mm. the language I did speak it fluently at one point but I'm not fluent anymore shame horror mm. <laughs> um and I knew things about the culture and stuff so I've always identified strongly with yeah. being Ghanaian um but yeah when I go to Ghana they don't see me as Ghanaian they see me as English mm. but now and then I got to a point where I'd always say I've never referred to myself as English and I never will because that doesn't really I, I don't feel like I'm English I am British I'm a British citizen um but I think for me more these days I I feel like I identify with being a Londoner more than anything mm. um which is really I feel like when people ask me things like that, I will say, yeah, I'm from London. And mm. then depending on the situation, I'm, I will go into other things. Obviously because of my name, it's obviously not an English name mm. um, and it's not common in this part of the world. So that's already like, Oh, what's that? Where's that? For? Like, which is, you know, uh, it's fine. Like if you, you won't know my name, so that's fine. You might may not have heard it, of it before that's fine but it's everything else after that that is an issue um yeah. or just annoying to to deal with mm. um so yeah it is quite difficult to be in the middle of two but i think that i feel now that i'm an i i would identify myself as a british Ghanaian because that's what i am that's that's yeah. the, the sort of m- medium middle ground for me um and yeah. that explains me better from yeah. my own point of view <laughs> yeah if yeah. you don't want to understand it or you can't that's your issue that's fine. um but you know it's just yeah it's 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 a process i think yeah, yeah. absolutely or they sh- and then I, I don't think it should be because that makes it sound like if you're from if it's outside london then they can say that no um i think that um you know it's just very complicated and it's up to that individual yeah. person to identify as they want to identify or what makes sense to them because when I was younger and I used to meet um like you know some of uh like the I felt like the people who were from African countries that I knew tended to say I'm Nigerian I'm Ghanaian I'm whatever but I felt like the people who were um Caribbean I think because they had been here for long longer generations Mm. now they really really like there's so many generations that have been here that that connection with Jamaica or wherever is not mm. as strong yeah. and they've only known England. So how are you going to tell them that they're not English or do you it's know what a, I mean? A couple talking on YouTube and one of them introduced themselves as a Nigerian British and mm-hmm. the other as a British Nigerian. And mm. I was like, it's quite interesting when you think about it that way, because mm. I guess one of them was born and raised in Nigeria and then moved mm-hmm. over. Mm. Um, so I guess it was the one saying he's a British Nigerian man. British Nigerian British I don't even know which uh, like with all, the, like, <laughs> all these words <laughs> yeah exactly because it does it would mean something to you the way you put it isn't it because mm-hmm. it's not just about the alphabetical order it's about I don't know probably what you resonate with more or like mm. whatever you acquired a bit I don't I don't know what like prompted the order but it was just really interesting um mm. I'm not even sure which way I'll call myself. If there's a way to kind of like make a word sandwich. Brit Nige. Nige Brit. Ooh, I like that. A Brit Nige. <laughs> I like that. Oh, gosh. Um, yes, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Well, I think actually, um, I mentioned it very briefly, but um, like about my name. Because mm. um, I think names are very, not for everybody. Some people names are just, they just pick it without you know thinking too much about it but my Mm. name is obviously not an English name Mm. and um and I don't have an English name which is also for some people unusual strange whatever which I I you know I have very strong opinions about but um (laughs) I that's one thing that I've always had an issue uh, with my name in uh, growing up in a in a different culture when I go to Ghana because it is a Ghanaian name 
everyone knows how to say my name like it's not a big deal but here it's always been a big deal and to a lot of people tell us about that a lot more what was your experience having a Ghanaian name and being here in this country Um, I think there's lots of things so especially at school where and not just school even now where people don't even bother trying because it's a foreign Mm. name they won't even try they'll be like can we call you a no (laughs) can we shorten it no (laughs) it's not actually that hard if you just listen to me like there's so many times I'm just like don't look at the spelling listen to me just copy me and obviously I have to put the disclaimer of I'm obviously pronouncing my name in a very anglicized way for all Mm. the Ghanians who ever listen to this. It is what it is. I can't be bothered. I went through a stage of being very militant and saying it the way that it's supposed to be each time. But then I just thought, you know what? It's fine. I'll get as close as it can be in English that I'm happy with, that I'm I'm happy to accept. And then that's fine. And then when I'm in Ghana, I pronounce it a bit closer to how how it's supposed to be because I do have a British twang. <laughs> um, that's what that is? So how, how do you... I don't want the Ghanaians to shame me, man. It's all right. <laughs> no, I'm interested as well to find out kind of... Before the Ghanaians come and say nonsense to me. <laughs> it's Erabna. Erabna. And then how do you say it? Arabna. Oh, it's not that very different. It's not that different. Remember, I've got a twang. Yeah. So. Sounds like more like the intonation. The intonation. Um, because it's got a W and a U, it's, I get that a lot. Like, Arabna. It's like, that's fine. I'll no. just, just, Arabna's fine. Oh, Arabna's fine. But at least they try. Do you know what? Yeah. If you try it, I'm all right with you. It's exactly. these people that don't want to try. And I remember this, so many things at school, but there's one where I was older and it just frustrated me so much because like I say it's not an English name I don't expect you to be able to to say it and if you do then I'm a bit kind of taken aback but at least have some respect for me as a person and exactly learn my name or try and I don't think you should remember straight away but you know just have a bit of respect but I remember um we had a a, like cover teacher because our regular teacher wasn't around and um anyone that's got a bit of a different name in the UK will know like registers it's always like when there's silence you know it's you <laughs> and then um she got to mine and she was like oh, uh, and then I was like oh it's a Robin. And she was like oh what a beautiful name I said oh thank you and then she was like Aurora the rising of the dawn and I was like no <laughs> I was like no my name's I was like no it's not and she was like yes it is I was like no it's not she was like yes it is and I was trying I was like I was like yeah I was like 15 or 16 and I was trying to like tell her my name's not Aurora (laughs) it's Aradna and she was like yes it is and then she just because she was a teacher as well she just kind of moved on so after the register I tried she went and I think we were supposed to go to lessons or whatever so I tried to go back to the staff room to just tell her my name's not Aurora my name's Aradna it's not an English name it's not a you know, wherever the name Aurora comes from, because that's not actually an English name. It's not that name. It's a completely different name. It means that something completely different. And I couldn't find her. And I was so frustrated because I was like, this woman's coming to tell me that my name is something else. And then shutting me up. How's she arguing with you about what your name is? How's she arguing with you? About my own name. (laughs) Was she there when you were named? Oh, goodness. (laughs) That's just one example. I had a teacher oh in, in secondary school who never called me my name. My, so my surname is easier for people to pronounce. It sounds quite, you know, English. Um, even that they mess up, but it's fine. So sometimes people will, like, refer to me by my, my last name. Like, I'll write an email, wow. and then they'll re- email back and be like, Hi, Kessie. It's like, Kessie's my surname. It's not my first name. Or, Hi, Cassie. It's like, it's not Cassie. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Can you not see that I've written? And this is not just um, British people. Sometimes I get it from people who are from also from African countries. I think mm. it's just a, a thing about respecting people and being looking carefully if they've called exactly. themselves whatever. I refer to them or just check like, oh, um, you know, I'm not sure how to say it. Can you pronounce it for me? Am I pronouncing exactly. it okay? Nobody cares about that sort of stuff. It's when you try and shorten it or tell me it's something that it's something else or 
it even became a joke in school like people just be like there was one teacher that was calling me like Arabila and all my classmates were like why can't she get your name <laughs> all my classmates used to get so angry about it for me but then I was just like you know what I can't be bothered it is what it is now um but I think it's important because there's so many kids where they have a name that's not you know the popular name or yeah. well known or whatever um, and I think it's important for them to be able to say their name as it is and not have it shortened or anglicized yeah. or anything like that because be great. it's just their name the same way you want me to to learn how to say Stephanie for an ex- for an example I know it's a very common name but there's so many letters in that word in that name exactly it's a long name for some people from some countries they don't put letters together like that so it's hard for them to say exactly so let's just all have respect for each other and just learn somebody's name and not not cop out (laughs) exactly and some languages they don't have certain sounds isn't it that actually learning to say that name is a is a huge task so they could make that effort why can't you and i think like you're robin is the case of that i don't expect people to just know how to say my name i think that'd be unfair just like Mm. i wouldn't expect someone of a different um heritage to expect me to just know how to say their name it's unfair to Mm. me as well but I make an effort, and like you said, I might just check and say, am I saying it correctly? Because I just mm. don't want to say the anglicised version. I want to at least make an effort to say as correctly as possible. Mm. Because I think the truth is that we, we leave little footprints on people's hearts every mm. time we meet them. Like we, we either like contribute to making this person or breaking them. Just messing with someone's name, which is a huge part of their identity, can we add, mm. is... is I don't know it can't it can make or break a person mm. because the more you hear it you either like really just give up or I don't know it might make you feel some type of way about yourself I mm. remember Uzo um she's an actress um in Orange in the, Orange is the New Black mm-hmm. um, I remember she was sharing her story of when she was young and she went to her mum and said oh why, why did you call me something like Lucy or anything like that and her mom, classic Igbo woman, she just went, mm-hmm. they can learn to say Trigovsky, they can learn to say Uzo. That literally, <laughs> it's a fair point, because you're like, what is Uzo? It's so short, he's not true. Yeah, yeah. You'd have a problem with yeah. saying that, but Trigovsky is not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, like, I've shared with you guys more recently, I've had a situation with my name as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, so I went to um, a health facility for blood tests, and I got there um, and obviously like it was within COVID. So we all expected to wait outside. And suddenly I heard the lady with the 10 o'clock appointment or was it 10.30? I can't remember now. I was like, oh, I hope she's not talking about me. I really hope she's not talking about me. Um, it might be important to say that I don't like needles. So I didn't respond the way I would have an unusual. But anyway, I was like, let's go forward and see if she's talking about me. She was like, sorry, I can't say your name. I was like, you could have at least tried. She's like, no, sorry, can't say it. Because obviously I know that I'm more mindful of the fact that there are people who might be dyslexic. So they may not be, it might not be easy for them to read. But I also mm-hmm. know that people who are dyslexic would either like hands off and say that, look, I'm dyslexic. Or at least be more polite than just, no, mm-hmm. can't, I, I'm not making an effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, oh, is there another way to say it? I was like, my other name's Boomy. She's like, oh, we didn't know that. And I was like, that's fine. But at least you could have tried. Let me see you struggling. And then I step in and help you. <laughs> I, that's what I've seen people do. They make an mm. effort, but you mm. weren't even willing to try. And in the end, mm. they, like I made a complaint, they didn't even respond to it the way that I expected. So I, I'm taking it further. But I just thought because it's so interesting that I was in the back of a conversation. So obviously, I moved for work to this area. So I'm outside London now, and one of my colleagues were having a chat about being Bane because there's just two of us on our team. Um, and she was like, "Have you experienced anything like?" overtly racist in the area or like overt discrimination in the area I was like no not really um <laughs> and then this happened literally oh my after. <laughs> it's so funny so I went back to her I was like I take it all back I've experienced it now oh. and it's just it's painful yeah like, to be honest with you I'd literally exited that situation the reason why I complain is because there's another lady who was white who was there and I was at the bus stop because I was super disorientated. I was supposed to be get calling the Uber, but somehow I walked to the bus stop because that's what blood tests do to me. Okay. <laughs> she found me and she came, she's like, you shouldn't let her get away with that. That was really disrespectful. And for me, mm. I was like, yeah, that happened. How did mm. I forget that? And mm. I think for me, that was really important because 
it's about also more people standing up against that sort of thing just yes. like we talk about racism you can't say that you're not racist but then like we need you to be anti-racist we, we, mm. we don't need you to just not be racist and it's the same way like we should be less tolerant of discrimination if you see if you see someone experiencing it call it out for what it is don't just sit on the fence mm. and say well it's not my business i'm not going to get get um involved yeah. it's mm. important because sometimes some people because they're quite good at just letting things happen to them they don't see it for what it is mm. on a normal day i would have seen that for exactly what it was but like i said there was something else more pressing on my mind but it was mm. that it was that lady who actually made me realize that wait that should not be acceptable not in this mm. day and age and not in a multicultural society like england it should not mm. be acceptable whether i know that london is probably more multicultural than other parts but mm. i'm seeing lots and lots of people from bay origin in this area and i can imagine if it's happening to me an adult it's probably mm. happening to children in schools mm. and, and i think sad. definitely and i think but i think it's so good for me because that you actually spoke up and you challenged it at the time as well mm. Mm. and because i think um that's not an easy situation and mm. i can imagine just the feeling that you get from just someone not even trying, not even making an effort. Um, because we mentioned how these things are all linked to our identity. Mm. Um, so how we feel as a person, what makes us who we are. And for someone not to even try to say your name, I can just imagine how hard that must have felt. But I think it's mm. so good that you actually spoke up because a lot of people, you know, don't and, and mm. carry that kind of resentment around. Mm. Um, but I think it's so good that you actually spoke up about it and then took it further mm. <laughs> to complain, yeah. to write a yeah. formal complaint. Yeah. And I think you're right. More, if more people did that, if more of us did that um, and challenged people on the spot, um, mm. I think we'd start to see things a bit different. Mm. Yeah. I think it's also like, it's just like you were saying, it's basic respect, whether you're in a multicultural society or not, it's just basic respect to call mm. somebody their name. And if you don't know how to pronounce it, ask them, because I'm sure yeah. she said the 10 o'clock appointment and you went up and she said, I'm really sorry. Um, I wasn't sure how to say your name. So I didn't want to make a mistake. Can you tell me how to say your name? Exactly. I'm sure that you wouldn't have it would be like oh don't worry it's fine like just say this or this is how you say it or you can call me boomy or whatever but it's the fact that she flat out it's not just she didn't even try she didn't try and then she flat out refused refused yes. to try exactly it's just so many levels of disrespect yeah you and know then... pounding on all this disrespect which she maybe she doesn't realize but she mm. needs to realize that she actually this is not acceptable that's like somebody mm. your name's lucia i'm purposely calling you like something else yeah something else or i'm just going to call you why because i can't be bothered to I say can't this. Oh, i've had a situation <laughs> like that it was a uh, i think it was a customer service call i think i was booking a flight or something i spelled out my name and i spelled it you know the way you do l for a for alpha b for Bravo. yeah i do that i spelled it out that way and this person still insisted on calling me zoomy I was like, where in all of that? <laughs> Where's the Z? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It is tiring sometimes. It is really tiring. It's when so I spell funny. my name now, I don't even just go, my name's Boomy. I literally just start with B for Bravo. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, like, yeah, w for this. Yeah, let's get straight to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not down for this today. And it, it is quite sad. It is. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say are your take home messages for anyone listening um, who wasn't aware of, of these things or someone who is of BAME origin um, who is going through these things? What would you say are your take home messages from today's topic? Um, I think that it is such a huge area and we mm. can't do it any justice, even if we're talking for three hours, there's so yep. much more. Mm. And it's very individual and personal. So I think it's just have, have the respect to interact with people one-to-one -one and see what they want, because what I'm saying might not be the same for the next Ghanaian yeah. uh, British person or whoever, someone who's um, a British Indian or whatever you have to it, um, interact with people on a one-to-one -one basis and see what they um, what they 
what they say their identity is and go from there. Um, and just with the names, I just think it's just, just have respect and, and um, you know, just ask them how to say their name. That's all. Don't shorten it. Don't anglicize it. Don't yeah. do anything like that. Just ask them what their name is. Admit that it's a bit tricky for you. I'm sure they've experienced it before. I have. I don't hold anything against you if you can't say my name. I have an issue if you just don't try or flat out refuse or tell me about that my name's Aurora when it's not, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think probably just thinking about it, for me, it would be probably just spinning around to say that regardless of how people have tried to make you feel about your history or your identity, that still finding a way to be accepting of who you are, embracing everything that makes you you and not mm. trying to shy away from any part of it, but going beyond what the uh, mainstream um, information is about, like, especially if you're struggling with accepting um, a part of your history, especially if it sounds so gory and um, something you don't want to associate with you, go beyond the mainstream, try to find out information for yourself and you just might surprise yourself. Try to, I mean, I'm not saying that people should go and spend money on book a plane, but if there's a museum or whatever it is, if there's whatever you can find, there's lots more information actually out there. You can watch videos and there's a gentleman who, um, makes it a point of duty to show Nigeria, showcase Nigeria from a different point of view. So mm. it goes, like, you can find videos like that on YouTube. Try to learn more than just what the mainstream is telling you. And I think that would hopefully help you to become a bit more accepting of that side of you that you think you would rather do away with. And yeah, mm -hmm. we definitely, I agree with the Rabna, you can't emphasize. It's just, it's just basic respect for other people, their culture, their experiences. And just yeah. because yours is different doesn't mean it's better. Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of things like I can, there are lots of great things about Nigeria that I wouldn't want to change. And there are lots of things that I've experienced in, in, the, in the UK that I think actually we can do better with. So mm -hmm. there's always pros and cons about everything. What about you, Wanya? Yeah, that's really good. Um, I will say um, one thing that I've really taken from today is that identity is such a major part um, of who we are. Um, I think it really does um, matter a lot to us as individuals um, and that is not just tying into um, culture um, but also around um, you know our experiences there's so much that comes into identity yeah. um, and I just think it's so important for us to respect that in other people um, and however you choose to identify yourself is okay because that's that's ultimately what makes you you um, and I think it's just about for us as people being respectful of other people's cultures trying to learn about their culture asking questions um, and yeah just being more accepting in that way On today's episode, we talked about identity, um, what it means to us, um, obviously how, how we describe ourselves to other people, um, our, our names, as well as our dual um, nationality, because we all have dual nationality. Um, and we talked about that and we definitely left you some tips. Please feel free to share your experiences with us. And please do remember to subscribe to our channel, um, like and share our podcast. Thank you.